The New York Giants disappoint in week one against the Denver Broncos. David Turner of Maverick Sports, former NFL scout, joins me to break it all down. Coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina, and uh, folks, we're going to start off the week with not a very good podcast. I mean, it's going to be a good podcast content-wise, but we've got to talk about the New York Giants week one loss, 27-13. Not a good way to start off a podcast week at all, but joining me to break this all down and try to make some sense of what we saw is good friend, David Turner of Maverick sports consultant, also former NFL scout worked with the giants, the Raiders, the 49ers worked in the CFL, worked all over the place, knows a little something about what to look for personnel groupings, all that stuff. And we are going to go through all of it. So David, first, let me thank you for joining me on the show. I'm really looking forward to uh, what I hope is going to be our weekly breakdowns of of this team, because there's going to be a lot to break down. It looks like. Yeah. And you know what I'm hoping to, you know, I'm, I, Luckily found a site where I can watch and stream all the New York Giants fan or film and games out here in Arizona. So, you know, I will be getting an opportunity to talk with you every time, every day after a game. And, you know, yeah, yesterday was a little bit of a eye opener, I think, for both of us. Yes, it is. And we're going to get into all that stuff right now. Uh, David, you know, normally I would start with the offense, but I got to start with the defense because I was surprised. I really was surprised at how they were getting gashed. Now, when I put together my keys of the game, I put I picked out three keys. And one of the keys I wrote about was the tight ends. Noah Font scared me a little bit with his ability to rack up yards after the catch. So not only did the tight ends gash the Giants, and it looked like the middle of the field was often too wide open. I mean, I know they were doing a mix of zone and man coverage, but you know, you also had the receivers gashing the middle of the field. What did you see from the Giants defense? What were they deploying and where did they basically go wrong with that, with that strategy? I didn't see much of a strategy. That was my problem. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest, like in preseason, I thought they were holding back a little bit. You and I had talked about, you know, different putting people in different positions just to see where they would fit and everything in the defense. But yesterday I honestly didn't see much of a strategy. I mean, if they didn't have Martinez, that would have been a real blowout. I mean, the Martinez made the tackles, but the rest of the tackling was poor. We saw a lot of DBs hit and fall off guys. We saw uh, even defensive ends not be able to pull guys down. I mean, it was it was really tackling was atrocious. And um, that's all fundamental. I mean, that is fundamental. If you're not doing tackling drills, if you're not hitting the Duke every day, I mean, that's just obscene to me. It just is. I mean, maybe I'm an old fuddy-duddy, but you go hit the Duke, and after that performance yesterday, the head coach should be hitting the Duke. I mean, everybody should be hitting the Duke and taking it down today at practice because tackling yesterday was atrocious. Um, And in addition to that, I didn't see a lot of 
complicated blitz schemes. I didn't see a lot of stuff. And, and I, and I'm like, you got peppers now in there and you got, you got, uh, was it Logan and you got Bradbury. I'm like, you should be able to throw some complicated blitz schemes in. You should bring some guys from some exotic looks. I didn't see it yesterday. And I'm like, why is, and at the end of last year, again, we saw that stuff and he had, and you know, Graham's got almost the same defense coming back with just a few draft picks and stuff. So it's like, why aren't we doing a lot of this, uh, this exotic look right now to get some pressure over here on Teddy Bridgewater? Like, why are we playing it so safe with Teddy, Teddy B? Like, I like Teddy B. He's, 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 you know, uh, he's a really good quarterback in my opinion. And I know not everybody agrees with me on that, but they made Teddy B look like a superstar yesterday. I thought the same thing. I mean, I was, I was alarmed at how many, how much space in the middle of the field. I, I saw no pass rush to speak of. Um, the you know the only guy who I thought gave any kind of pass rush was Ojulari. Um, the run defense, especially on the edges. I mean, what is going on there? I mean, I thought again between the tackles they were fine, but it just seemed like they Denver was targeting the edges. And they were having success running the ball against the Giants. Remember the third preseason game, our posts, our, our, our show, we talked about how the secondary fits into the edges weren't working right. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, they don't have the starters and maybe that's what's going on here. And they're trying some different people. Same thing happened yesterday. And the first game, the safeties were not fitting the edges and the outside linebackers looked like they were shooting you know, to disrupt and cause penetration. But when you do that, your safeties have to come in off your butt cheek and fill that back in or that side uh, edge and set it and turn it back into help. The safeties were sitting back and getting plucked off by linemen and, and receivers and tight ends, you know, downfield. They weren't attacking the line of scrimmage coming downhill with force. And if you're going to shoot your defensive ends inside just to cause penetration and cause the runner to make a decision quick, then the cleanup man has to be there to sweep it clean, or you're you see the results is what we saw yesterday. You know, big gains, a lot of chunks, and guys going uh going right after that edge. Um, I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure what the defensive front was doing. I'm not sure what the defensive backfield was doing yesterday. I didn't. It wasn't a Graham defense to me. It wasn't the same giant defense we saw in the last six games last year, where I thought they were coming together and they had a chance to be a top ten defense. Okay. Now, after yesterday, and I picked him in some of my fantasy leagues and totally got trounced because I did. But, you know, I was like, well, you know, Denver's got a new, you know, new thing going. Here we go. You know, this will be fine. Giants looked good last year. No, lost a lot of fantasy points yesterday on those Giants defense because they just weren't attacking. They weren't setting edges and they weren't getting, you know, the blitz game, which is awful. Yeah. I mean, it just looked like, you know, and trying to figure out what was the strategy, I can't figure it out. It just, it looked like they were almost experimenting, like this was preseason week number four for them, which by the way, the judge had said, well, you know, maybe these first few weeks are going to be like preseason again, which brings up a point that I I, I got to tell you, this annoys me because I go back to the preseason, all right, and they got the starters quality snaps in practice, but then when it came to the game, it was like, well, you know, they got quality snaps in practice. So let's take a look at some of these other guys. 
what? Since when, since when does that happen? I mean, maybe I'm being, you know, old school, or maybe I'm, I'm wrong here. You tell me, but isn't the whole point of practice is to get yourself ready for a game, to get yourself ready for possibly 80 plus plays on a Sunday. So why are you cutting guys back in preseason and saying, well, you know, they got quality snaps in, in, in practice. So, you know, we made the decision not to play them in the preseason. I, I don't understand that. Can you make sense of that for me? Well, here's, here's my thing. Here's my take on it. I can never tell a coach how to, how to manage his roster for a season. Because I learned early in my career, a receiver's legs, almost every practice is going to go almost 10 miles, whether it's warm-up reps and then team reps, any kind of special teams reps. A receiver's legs are going to go almost 10 miles every day at practice. Okay. Now, now we have 17 weeks of games and three preseason games, and you got to manage reps. So I get that. And again, like I said to you last I think last week or week before New England a couple of years ago went one and three in the first four games and then won the Super Bowl because Belichick knows how to manage reps. And now judge comes from there and you know what? He might be like, screw the first game through the, screw the second game. You know, we're just going to figure this out. And then week three, four, five, we're going to start hitting stride. Now you have to have a lot of confidence from your ownership to do this. <laughs> you really do. But as the media, as us, we have to be critical of each week and know because we don't we can't get in their head. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know if that's actually what he's up to or if it was just like, you know what? You guys look like crap today. Right. Right. And for us as sitting here watching the game, they look like crap. They, you know, it didn't have much of a scheme on defense. It didn't have an exotic look. Like I said, the last six games last year, they did. They had all their starters they are completely healthy. So why are we like I was hoping the Giants defense was going to come up zero coverage across the board blitz bring bring the heat put the pressure on Teddy B and and make them you know make them go back to Denver crying but in essence they sat back in zone coverage and even on third downs they weren't pressing they were off ball off man coverage. And it's like, why are you giving them that three to five yards? Why aren't you got Bradbury and the boys roll them up and let's play zero coverage and, you know, press and bring, bring five or bring six. I mean, let's, let's put the, I mean, Teddy B's like what? Five eleven, six one. I mean, he's not a big dude and you, you barely hit him and knocked him down all day. Yeah. His helmet came off a couple of times. It was one who's scrambling, you know, it wasn't like you guys were knocking him down in the pocket and taking him out. So Again, I'm not trying to be overly critical on week one, but it was not the defense I was expecting to see week one for sure. And I was really baffled even watching the sidelines. Judge was talking to Graham at one point and Graham was just standing there quiet, just, you know, bobbing his head. And I'm like, where's the passion? Where's the, I mean, this looked like a, you know, a high school teacher talking about, you know, you know, chemistry or something. I'm like, where's the passion? Where, where are we going to start seeing clipboards flying and people yelling? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Giant fans, we have much more coming up. But first, I want to tell you about Run Your Pool, which is actually the host of the Locked On Giants podcast listener pool, details of which you can find in our show notes. Now, Run Your Pool is a way to create a custom pool for your home, your office, your friends, your family, whatever you want. And uh, they have so many different formats that you can use. They make it so easy to run a pool with your uh 
your friends, family. Uh, you can choose from Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and so many more formats. You can also customize the pool you want with your own branding, for example, your company logo or the logo of your bar or restaurant, if that's what you're doing. And uh, you can run the pools for NFL or college football, one week, full, full season playoffs, or the Super Bowl. So check out runyourpool.com. And with our special promo code, which is locked on, you will get $10 off when you set up your custom pool. Again, that's runyourpool.com. And the promo code is locked on for $10 off your custom pool. All right, David, let's talk about the offense. Now, I thought the offensive line, not horrible, but right tackle, they've got a problem. They've got a big problem there. I mean, <laughs> Matt Baird, how do you not know the snap count? How do you not know that Von Miller is lined up across from you? I mean, when I saw that play, I was like, oh my gosh, Nate Solder, you know, a little better, but not, you know, the Giants got a problem at right tackle. And by the way, can I just say, you know, when I was talking about in the last segment about, you know, managing reps and all that stuff, I was thinking more along the lines of the guys in the trenches. And I still feel, and again, tell me if I'm wrong here, it would have behooved the Giants to get that starting offensive line more snaps in the preseason. It's not like those guys have to run 10 miles like the receivers. You know, and I just don't have to run 10 miles, but battling in the trenches is like a sumo fight every day. Okay, I get I get that, but David, I mean, (laughs) come on. McCall O'Hare, we're gonna get O'Hare on the show when he's gonna tell you about (laughs) training camp in the trenches. I'm sure he will. But, yeah, look but at I you mean, laugh. You know what he would say. I know exactly what Sean would say. <laughs> I've spoken to Sean many times. But no, seriously, I mean, when I watch the offensive line, again, not horrible, but at what point do you stop with this rotation garbage? Because don't you want to d- develop some continuity? I mean, you know, Judge said yesterday, and I'm going to paraphrase, he said, well, you know, if, you, if you're dressed for the game, you're going to get in the game, you're going to have a role. And I'm sorry, there have been exceptions to that. I remember last year, Spencer Pulley couldn't get on the field where, you know, even if he bought a pass onto the field. Um, this, this, you know, this year, if you want to make an argument for it, and I know it's a weak one, but Mike Glennon was dressed and he didn't get a role on the field. So don't tell me that every player who's dressed is going to get a role because we've seen that is not the case. Now, that said, here's what I'm wondering. All right. So. We know Shane Lemieux was dealing with a knee injury, even though he wasn't on the injury report. So Ben Bredesen got some snaps at left guard. Okay, cool. We knew that Solder and Parrott were going to rotate, which, by the way, I think is helping to undermine Parrott's confidence, but that's another topic. So why wasn't Billy Price rotating with Nick Gates? I checked the snap counts, and unless the snap counts are wrong, Billy Price did not get any snaps on offense. So I don't understand this quote unquote rotation, like, oh, let's get all these guys in. So we we see what, what, what they, you know, what they bring to the, to the table. Hi, there's film on Billy Price. There's film on Ben Bredesen. So there's got to be something more to this. Wouldn't you say? It's regular season. I never experiment on regular season snaps and games. Like it's not me. And that, and that's what I was alluding to earlier. It's like you, if you're doing this experiment week one, week two, even week three, your ownership has to be on board with it. And then I'm not saying that to pass the buck or anything. It's just being honest. I mean, 
because you can miss the playoffs by one or two games. Right. And you were and you were fiddling around week one and two of regular season trying to figure out when you had three preseason games. Now, I understand a couple of these offensive linemen just got to town and you're like, well, we don't know how they'll fit with our guys. But this is live bullet time, baby. Like you don't you don't mess around with live bullets. You, you got to go get it. You got to win the game. And honestly, Denver was a winnable game. They have some mm-hmm. other games on their schedule that are very hard, very tough games. Denver was not one of them. You didn't circle Denver and go, ooh, I'm scared. That's not it. This was one you need to come home, win, win in front of the home crowd. It's, you know, September 12th. You need to bring a victory home, all right, because come December, those victories are going to be harder to win. You're going to have less of people, you know, in your trenches, on your edges that are healthy. So come out week one, guns blazing, let's go. It's not experiment time. Yeah. Um, that, that being said, I, I mean, I don't know why everybody needs to play. This isn't this isn't everybody gets a participation trophy because you are able to put your pants on right. Okay. It's like you are you gonna help us win the game? Then go play your play. Okay, great. That was your role. Awesome. You know, we saw rotating quarterbacks from the Bears, from the Niners. Everybody had their play. Everybody, you know, did their thing. Cool. Like, go do it. I get it. But at right tackle, no, I don't get it. I'm sorry. And pair, you know, I don't like him. I haven't liked him. I've said get rid of him for months. Because I don't think you have an answer. Even go back to our draft shows that you and I did. I said they need to draft a right tackle because I don't like their solution there, right? And yesterday you saw Nate Soldiers was worried about the speed rush. Vaughn knew it. He pushed, pushed him right in the chest, got right to Daniel Jones. You know, he, he turned that speed to power move against right into Nate. Nate did a decent job, but again, he's not a solid right tackle that you're going to hang your hat on and, and live with in this point of his career and parrot's not a guy that I could, I could trust at all protecting that right side. So for me, yeah, the interior of the offensive line looked okay. They didn't look great, but Denver's interior rush isn't great either. You know, and when you saw the edges, uh, the both right and left tackles, they were suspect to me yesterday, you know, more right, right's the bigger question mark, but you can't give the left, tackle off the hook either he gave out pressures he was holding on his technique was bad and again what are we talking about a lot tackling technique was bad and now blocking technique was bad these are fundamentals you can handle that in practice if your practice film doesn't look good then your fundamentals don't look good and they're not going to translate over to the game yeah I, I didn't think Andrew Thomas had as bad of a game this week as he did in, in the New England game um, not perfect, obviously, but not horrible. So I, I was look. We're we're looking for signs to of encouragement to grasp onto here. So I'll take that one. I got to ask you about Daniel Jones because my gosh, I mean, I want to believe in Daniel Jones. I really do. And I thought he made some good decisions yesterday. I thought he had some good throws, but every time he takes off with the ball in his hands, I cringe. I cringe because, A, I don't want to see the quarterback being the leading rusher every week. By the way, you know, you know, people will say, well, Saquon, he, it was his first few games back. But, okay, I get it. But Saquon, we'll talk about in just a bit because, I mean, there were some things I saw with Saquon that I want to ask you about. But let's stay with Daniel Jones for a minute. Why 
is it so hard for this kid to learn to slide? I mean, I, I see it almost like, you know, he wants to show he's tough. So he's running with the ball and he wants to be like a running back, lower his head, lower his shoulder, boom, knock a guy over. But I think he's putting himself at injury risk there, an unnecessary injury risk at that by doing that. Not to mention he's losing the ball. He has 30 career fumbles. Okay. I think he's lost 18 of those 30 career fumbles. 28 starts, I think, or 28 games he's been in. That's kind of uh, an alarming stat, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you would think that they would have, uh, you know, incorporated Tiki Barber to come teach him the freaking high and tight because Tiki had a little problem with the freaking fumble. And then all of a sudden he went high and tight and they taught him how to do it. Uh, I was there with Teak. Teak was a great guy. He worked it every day because he did not want to put the ball on the ground. Daniel Jones, call Tiki. Have him come over. He'll teach you how to do high and tight, okay? Because right now, Ooh, baby, you are not the runner. And again, it costs the Giants opportunity, right? Bill Walsh, great Bill Walsh, once said that every quarterback has to have the feet to escape the rush and make a play six times a game. There's six plays a game whether they have to escape the rush and roll away from it, make a throw, be able to throw on the run, or pick up a first down at least with three, three, three times a game with their, with their legs because the defense doesn't account for him as a rusher. So even the great Joe Montana was expected to escape the pocket and make, make a play with his legs. But I think you alluded to it earlier. Baseball slide, run out of bounds, don't dive head first, don't try to you know, get the extra yard. You're the freaking quarterback. The fullback gets one yard, okay? Penny, I mean, he gets one yard. Your job is to stay healthy, move the chains, and let's go. And and again, if you're going to be coming up a yard shy, fine. We'll punt and live another day. But if you get a head concussion or you separate your shoulder, break a clavicle because you're diving into a pile for that one yard, you cost us the season because Mike Glennon is not the answer. All right? Mm -hmm. So as much as I, I love Daniel's ball, I love the way he throws, I wish his pocket was cleaner. Like, I really wish – I don't know if this is where we should go with the conversation, but I wish JG would really use more 12 personnel and 11 personnel in ways in which Mac keeps six in and maybe even seven at times to give Daniel an opportunity to use the weapons that are out there because they do have some good weapons on the edge. I mean, with Galladay and, and Shepard and, you know, and they have him now, right? They got some guys. Um, and I like Rudolph, obviously hate Ingram. Um, but you have, she- you know, you got Barkley that could spread out and catch a ball. So, I mean, there's so he has so much on that offense that he can be very creative with and his protections can be creative with who's staying in, who's going out to confuse the rush. And yesterday we didn't see any of that. I did not see a creative cook in the kitchen with JG's calls yeah. and his personnel groupings. You know, I didn't see it. I would love to see the Giants be a predominantly 11 personnel team with the with the with the uh, receivers they have and Barkley and Rudolph like that could be an, an amazing 11 personnel team really can. Agree with you. And I agree with 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 your take on Jason Garrett. I mean, some of the play calling I, I was I was left scratching my head, you know, and I'll, I'll point to one area in particular. And I wrote about it this morning when they got the turnover from Logan Ryan and they were deep in their own territory. Why not throw the ball deep, try a deep pass to get yourself out of that hole. 
what did they do? They they ran a ball up the middle, which they were having trouble running up the middle all game long. Then I think they tried a, 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 a pass out to, I think it was to Eli Penny out of the backfield. I think he was in the flat that went yeah, nowhere. He was on the left side on the flat. Yeah. And it went nowhere. And I'm sitting there going, why would you not at least try one deep attempt? You know, you've got these speedsters. Why not utilize them in that situation? I, I didn't get that. Um, I didn't like the play calling in the red zone. Um, I thought it was too conservative. Um, and Saquon, the use of Saquon, I mentioned it, that before. Okay, I get it. It was his first action in in almost a year. But we saw a lot of the same things we saw before his injury with his deployment. And I'm like, come on. We keep hearing about how this guy is a generational talent, how he can do all these fantastic things to help an offense. And yet they play him like he's just another guy. And it drives me crazy. I get the pitch count a little bit yesterday because he didn't do any preseason. And from what I understand, he didn't really get hit in practice. Like they, they, they didn't let him get it, you know, get his shoulders loose as I call it, you know? So, um, like I understand Saquon's use a little bit yesterday, but yeah, there was that one where he did that jump cut and he totally stopped on a dime and then accelerated. I'm like, there's that kid. He's feeling it. If he's going to pull that move off, the kid feels fine. Like as a coach, when I see that move, I'm like, let's go. He's ready. <laughs> let's go. You know, yeah. before that, I would have been nervous. I definitely would have. I would have been like, uh-huh. I don't want to do this. And then as soon as I saw that cut, I've been like, keep him in. Here we go. Play call, play call, play call. Bring him out. Three plays later, back in. Play, play call, play call, play. You know what I mean? Like, let's go. Let's use this bell cow and, and get him. 12, 15, 20 touches yesterday and see how he would have done. No, I wouldn't have had him in 45 or 55 plays. You know, that that wouldn't have been the case, but I would have had him touch the ball after that one play. I swear to God, the bell would have went off my head. He would have touched the ball at least 15 times yesterday just to see what he had and let's go. Because, again, it is a 17-week season, so there are times you're going to have to watch that pitch count. And yesterday, his first taste of it, Okay, get it. But Denver was a winnable game. You can't just mail in wins in the regular season. You got to take the winnable game and take it control of it and go win it. That that that's my point though. I mean, I had no problem with the pitch count. I get the the pitch count, but it was how they were using him on the pitches he was getting. And like you said, you know, you saw that that jump cut and you thought, "Okay, he is back." And it just seemed like they were almost tentative in their usage of him. And, and I was like, I didn't get it. I, I was like, okay, I didn't expect him. Matter of fact, I had predicted he would get about 30 touches or, or not 30 touches, 30 snaps in the game. And he came up, I think, with 29, I think was the official tally. But I, I just felt like, you know, we didn't see enough of him out wide. We didn't see enough of him doing the things that he's so good at doing. Now, maybe that's coming. I don't know. But I was, I was like, you know, to me, he was a non-factor. Not that you were expecting him to carry the load, but I thought he would be a little bit more involved and a little bit more uh, diversified in terms of how he was deployed in the offense. And I just didn't care for the whole, the whole shebang, if you will. I, I was, I thought Jason Garrett kind of picked up where he left off last year with the lack of creativity. Now you mentioned the use of twelve personnel. Granted, they were down a tight end, 
Okay. And Kyle Rudolph remembers also coming off the foot surgery and has only been off pup for what, three, four weeks now. So I kind of get maybe that, but I also thought Kyle Rudolph was when he was in there, he was a bit of a non-factor as well. Caden Smith, I thought was pretty good. And then of course, Evan, who the heck knows what's going to happen with Evan, if he's going to be back and and, in what shape or form, but um, their tight end group um, right now, based on this one game, I don't know if that's the strength of the, the offense right now. I think you're right. I think the strength is going to be the receiver group and we'll see how they compensate or, or, blend the two together. Well, you saw at the end of the game, Galladay made some great catches. And I think that was his statement, like, throw me the damn ball. That was his T.O. moment. Like, it was like, you know, the one where he completely extended his, what, six foot four, six foot five frame and caught the one ball on his fingertips, you know, uh, on, on the slant across on the left side coming across late in the game. Amazing catch. I mean, Daniel put some pepper on it. He was high and away because his footwork's terrible. And I shouldn't say terrible, but it was off on that throw. And and Galladay had to go up and get it and pluck it out of the air. And it was an amazing catch. And I really do think that was like, hey, keep feeding me. Let's go. You know, Sterling Shepard is there. Like, why aren't you throwing some crossing routes to him and letting him get the ball in his hands and do some stuff with it? I just didn't see the creativity. And again, if your tight ends are hurting, go to 11 personnel. You can rotate one tight end in and out of that 11 personnel. Keep some in the block. Keep them out. Go make them go out in the route sometime. Use the backs. Again, protection is e- isn't easy. But if you're all on the same page and you've been working at all training camp, you can get creative with some of your your looks and keep the uh, the rush guessing. You know, but it's good. To, it's it's to me eleven personnel for the Giants is, is should be their baseline. Hey, Giant fans, we have much more coming up on today's show. But first, tell me, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so that you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's again, directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies according to package. Giant fans, we have much more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, Built Bar is a healthy, low-carb, low-sugar, and high-protein treat that will satisfy your sweet tooth. Choose from nine amazing flavors plus the occasional limited-time offering available in nut and nut-free varieties. Visit BuiltBar.com and get 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCK15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your first order. All right, David, in this last segment, let's kind of back out a little bit and talk about big picture here. Joe Judge and the coaching staff, um, you know, we've we've talked a little bit about the job Garrett did. We talked a little bit about Patrick Graham and the job he did. 
I did not like Joe Judge, you know, it, taking that penalty, not penalty, the, uh, the the loss of the timeout. I thought that was kind of, um, that was a head scratcher. He mentioned that, you know, he knew the rule. And this, just to, to for reference, folks, this is when um, the tight end, uh, Albert, and I'm not even going to attempt the last name because I don't have the pronunciation in front of me. But when he scored, I think it was in the third quarter, the touchdown, all scoring plays are automatically reviewed. And Judge was, I guess, trying to get the attention of the officials because he saw something on the jumbotron and he wanted an explanation and they were basically ignoring him. And, you know, he decided, I guess, to throw the flag to get the attention at the same time, costing his team a timeout. Now it didn't come back to haunt him. Thank goodness, but it could have. And I got to tell you, I was, I was shocked that he would resort to something like that because for the most part, this guy is not stupid. He doesn't do stupid stuff, but that one, coach, take a lap. I'm sorry. You cost your team. You cost your team a timeout. And, you know, regardless of why you did it, take a lap. You knew the rule. You knew you were doing something wrong. I mean, come on. Well, again, I, I've i seen a coach throw a flag before and honestly call the official over and it's gamesmanship. He'll 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 say I'm challenging something he knows completely isn't challengeable. And they go, that's not challengeable, coach. Pick the flag up. You can't do that. Well, since I have you here, why didn't you look at this? And then he would go to his real point, and then it wouldn't cost the team the flag because he's yeah. picking the flag up. But since you're over here and I finally got your attention, I'm gonna tell you what I really want. <laughs> but they can't cost the team. And I've seen it done before, and I laugh because I'm like, I totally know what this coach is doing. He just like uh, you can see it on the side. He's picking the flag up. He called him over, said, I'm gonna challenge this. He knows it's unchallengeable. But then since he's got his attention, he's going to really talk to him about what he wants and go from there. I don't understand, honestly, the replay rules really well, because to me, what's replayable and what's not, I I don't get it. Like, I think uh, I like the CFL rules where anything's replayable, but you still only get three. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like if you think someone got pass interference down the field that didn't get called, you can replay it and they'll call it. And then, boom, you you won that challenge, so you get that third one back, but you only get three. So you got to manage them all game. You get three. So, you know, that's to me makes more sense. It's like, cool. But what you're saying, and I'm off on a tangent, sorry. What you're saying is, yeah, I don't understand why he called that flag. It, you know, you know the rule. You know that it's a touchdown. You, you know, it is what it is. Um, I don't – I mean, usually you have a replay coach who's, like, in the booth getting a better view. You're on the sideline looking at the Jumbotron, but there's somebody usually up in the booth that can replay it, look at it really quick. And they say, yeah, coach, you got to call the, you know, call the flag, use the flag. Cause this is something we got to review. And in that situation, if that if your coach was calling down to you saying, review, 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 you need to get a replay coach. You need to get a better one. I'm available. Let me know. I'll fly in for games. <laughs> but I just like that. Cause that was not a good use of replay. That was not a good use of the flag. And as far as Coach Judge goes, you know, I didn't see the passion in, oh, God, just this the testicle fortitude yesterday to be like, come on, guys, let's go. Like, get this game. You know, I didn't see it, and it bothered me because he seemed a little passive yesterday, and that's not something I'm used to Joe Judge. I'm used to Joe Judge competing on every snap, ready to go, has his team ready to go, and again, 
last year they had six games divided by or decided by three points or less, you know, and yesterday's game, they could have been further into it. And that game could have been a victory or, you know, more competitive than what it was. And we just didn't see that. That wasn't a team that we ended last season seeing. That was a team that we started last season seeing. And that was awful to see because you don't want to go backwards ever. You want to always go forwards. Now, speaking of going forward, David, they have a short work week. They've got Washington down at Washington, Thursday night football, which they just don't do well in prime time. I don't know why. How do they bounce back from this? I mean, it's not like they can have a full week's worth of practice. And technically, you know, coaches will say, well, Thursday night. So today's kind of like a a Thursday practice day. So you've lost your Monday correction day. You've lost your Tuesday day off. And now you've got, you know, you lost your Wednesday install. So now you're starting the work week, almost like it's a Thursday for you in terms of your practice schedule. How do they bounce back from this? There's just, to me, it doesn't sound like there's going to be enough time to do corrections on this. I'll be honest. If after watching that game yesterday, if I'm in that coaching staff today is all day corrections. I don't, I don't care about Washington because fundamentals were so bad that we need to do corrections. If we don't do corrections today and we don't spend time on corrections today, then don't ever, don't hope tomorrow is going to be anything different. Now, again, if it was missed assignments and some other stuff, like you could go over quick, cool. But today, like I said, everybody would be hitting the Duke. Everybody would be, there would be a tempo at practice today. It would be like, you know, we did not play hard enough yesterday to be tired today. So let's go, you know, and put that mindset into the players and the fear of freaking God into them. Like if you don't play hard, the next day is going to be tough at practice. You know, like if you're not going to show me on Sunday that you're going to earn your paycheck, then you'll earn it Monday when we come in. How about that, boys? You know, you want to earn it? Go earn it on Sunday. Otherwise, you're going to earn it Monday. So it's up to you, your choice, your decision. Leave it on the field Sunday or you're going to leave it on the field Monday. It's up to you. But that's me. I'm old school. I'm tough nails. I'm getting after it no matter what. You're going to get to work one way or another. I'm going to get the work out of you. Right. So it's up to let's see what judge does. Now, Washington suffered a major injury in Fitzpatrick yesterday. So I don't know if his hip's going to be better and what he's going to be. It's going to be a tough week for them. You got to imagine they're going to face Heineke. And again, you got to understand there's a grudge match. This is grudge match week. Okay. You got, you know, Ron and Dave going up against each other. You know, you got Marty Herney now there in Washington. This is not a, a, and it's the Redskins versus the Giants. There's a lot of grudge match in this. You know, the Redskins won the division on what, eight and eight last year. So it's like you can go in and knock them off and get a divisional win. There's a lot riding on this Thursday night early season game. And the Giants are pretty healthy. They came out of the game healthy in my in my estimation. You know, when you play a football game, they came out pretty damn healthy. So you're rolling in where they're your, your opponent's limping in with just, you know, a backup quarterback and you can go in and set the tone and they're coming off a loss. They went, I think they were in a lot. No, they hosted, they hosted the chargers yesterday. So they don't have to travel, but you hosted too. You're just taking a train ride down to Washington on a Thursday night. This isn't a huge travel. It's not like you have to fly to LA or Seattle for this Thursday night game. So again, it's lined up where you can roll in there and win the game but I really think some tone needs to be set at practice today 
and the rest of this week. You can't make this an easy week on these guys. You can't give them a typical cupcake schedule practice wise because you got to you got to break your foot off in order to get some get some better play out of your out of your players. You just made me want to run through a brick wall. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. David, this was great. Really appreciate the time as always. This is going to be a fun season for us because I always enjoy talking ball with you. So I'm so glad that you're, you're able to do this with me. I am hoping we'll talk again on Friday after the Thursday night game. Um, So thank you. As always, Giant fans, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Just real quick, Giant fans, we've got Twitter Tuesday. Actually, it's Mailbag Tuesday. It will be tomorrow's show. Wednesday, I have Brian Baldinger as our special guest. Thursday will be the crossover show. And then David will be back with me on Friday, and we'll break down the Giants-Washington game. Hopefully, we'll have some better stuff to talk about for that game. So make sure you keep it here on the Locked on Giants podcast. For David Turner, I am Patricia Traynor. We will talk to you again soon, Giant fans.